0: Episode 317, Sam Rassani, the mindset needed to raise millions. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com and join the conversation in the Facebook group, Awaken Your Alpha with ALW. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back hey excited to announce our first ever show sponsor assistagram for all your personal instagram growth branding and management needs so jump over to assistagram.us head over to our show notes. you can also catch the recent interview with their founder zach benson about how and why you should grow your instagram account please do go check it out now let's get into the show we have a very interesting one for you this week we have sam rosani He is the Chief Revenue Officer at ShipChain, a blockchain-based solution provider for the transport and logistics industry. After a successful 30 million raise in a week, they are now building a platform that will disrupt the multi-trillion dollar industry. As a serial entrepreneur, blockchain advocate, investor, and talent manager, Sam has worked with some of the biggest brands in the world, such as Sony, Fender, Virgin, Universal Music, there's lots of ways this interview could go, but we're just going to dig right into it and find out all about blockchain. He's obviously a serial entrepreneur who's built several multi million-dollar businesses, so we're going to jump straight into this. Sam, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? For today,
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm super excited to be on here. Awesome.
0: I've already been finding out quite a lot of interesting stuff about you. Can you tell people, I think we're going to jump straight into your origins and where you're speaking to me from today and uh, where you're originally from.
1: Wow. Okay. I'm speaking to you today from uh, LA where I, I currently reside, uh, but originally born and raised in Sweden.
0: I know you've been there 14 years, but what, what made yeah. you go there? Can you tell us about a little bit about like, what did you want to do growing up?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I started, well, first of all, Sweden was too cold and too small for me. Uh, I knew that a long time ago, even before I moved here, um, always been an entrepreneur, always been in a kind of a uh, uh, alpha slash growth hacking mindset right yep. and and it was just too small I mean I worked in the music industry at the time uh, started as an artist so I toured Europe as a as a drummer and as a guitar player this is in another life a long time ago right yep. but that's where the mindset kind of started because I started talking to everybody I met the promoters the club owners the audience started making connections because I, I started realizing that oh you know connections is that's really good to have uh, and then you know i saw the agents and the managers making money i never made any money or anyone in the band so i was like well i'm obviously on the wrong side of the business here so uh i started uh, promoting bands booking bands uh, u.s bands european bands all over europe because of all the connections i'd made you know shaking hands and having drinks with people yeah and then that kind of transpired into i was offered gigs as a tour manager so i went on Traveled the world for three, four years, tour managing all kinds of different bands from, you know, pop and and and, uh, and cello quartets to the heaviest of the heavy metal guys you can ever imagine. Uh, <laughs> and then really what happened was I, was I was looking at what I was doing and I was like, well, I should start managing artists because I got a ton of requests for that. So I started managing artists and quickly realized, of course, that Europe is way too small. Everybody wants to go to the U.S., So I say, well, you know, F it, I'll just sell everything I have and and move to the US because I didn't know anyone here. I was like, well, I'll just make my career here. And then, um, you know, uh, what happened was that, you know, MySpace was around. I did a bunch of creative stuff on there. And then the label started calling me like, hey, you're doing a bunch of crazy stuff because your unsigned little shitty Swedish band has more (laughs) friends and more plays than you, too. So, you know, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, you write me a check and I'll do the same for you. So uh, that's how that started. And then (laughs) as things transpired, you know, kind of other companies outside of the music industry started calling me and say, hey, you're doing a bunch of crazy stuff in in that industry. Can that be done in other industries? And I was like, of course. Uh, Always been looking out for like, oh, what's happening is, you know, at that time it was social media was getting big and then. Uh, you know, SEO and branding and online branding, and then started using influencers before I even knew what an influencer was, so to speak, I just realized that, hey, these guys have a lot of engagement and a lot of people following them, we should reach out to them, you know, so that's just kind of it, always looking for new opportunities and new ways to kind of stick it to the man and disrupt and all <laughs> that so <laughs> how old were you when you decided to yeah, i was 24. Okay. so but how was that when you obviously landed on these
0: shores i've just done it recently in the last couple of years but got yeah. here and obviously not starting from scratch but you know you had to really start again in some ways how was that mm-hmm. when you first got here
1: i mean i was excited i was so excited i would say it was a, a massive cultural kind of clash initially, even yeah. though we're from a, a very modern country. I mean, and we, you know, we talked
0: about your accent in the early days. Obviously, it's not it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's not not noticeable now. But how was it back then, 14 years ago?
1: Uh, you know, you know, out of Sweden, I was working with American companies. I was working with international companies. And I, and I moved here, and I kind of just didn't want to sound all like, hello, I'm from Sweden. Would you like to do business with me? <laughs> oh, you, know.
0: you, you did that before the interview. I wanted that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you wanted that? out. Oh, that's why you did it. Okay. I see. But to me, it's like, I, I don't say there's anything wrong with it, right? But, but it's just, I wanted to, you know, wherever I move, I learned, the, I learned the language and I learned to sound like a local and I adapt to all the traditions and the culture and, and all that because that's what you do when you move somewhere, right? You, you respect it and you adapt and that's what I tried my, my best to do.
0: Was there anybody who helped Awaken Your Alpha in terms of it could have been before you moved, when you landed here or anyone, it, it could have been from afar, someone you maybe inspired you or is there anyone who just said the right thing at the right time along your journey?
1: You know, I've had a couple of, of, of mentors, I would say, that I'm really appreciative for. Uh, and, and a bunch of people that have just dropped little bombs here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, along my, my, my path here, so to speak. I don't know if I want to give one person any, like, massive credit. I just, there's a lot of people that have inspired me. And I always try, you know, one of my life mottos has always been if, if, if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I try to hang out with people that are way smarter than me, way more successful than me. And I just want to learn and absorb and see what they're doing. But but also, I think <clears throat> what's important to me and, and, and definitely being an alpha, and, and I have been accused of being too much of an alpha sometimes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, which uh, you know, I've moved over to a more kind of conscious, uh, conscious alpha state, if that's mm-hmm. something we can say, because when you when you're young and when you want to make money, for example, right, you're kind of ready to just elbow your way through and, and kind of, I'll do whatever it takes as long as it's not, you know, illegal or physically harming anyone, of course, but, but it's like, when you get older, you're like, well, how do we find a win-win? How do we make this, you know, how do we compromise so that everybody's happy and, and try to be a bit more fair, I guess. So, uh, and, and you're trying to, I, I want to drop one bomb or whatever that one guy told me. He's a very successful man. Uh, not sure if he wants to be named, so I'll keep him out of it. But extremely <laughs> successful guy. And, and I said, well, what's, what's keeping you like from doing, cause I met, you know, in the music industry and, or entertainment, you meet a lot of people doing a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of temptation to the dark side, so to speak. But this guy has been involved in entertainment for a long time. I've never heard anyone say a single bad word about this guy. And he's done extremely well for himself. And I said, what's your mindset, man? Like teach me because I'm, I'm seeing all these temptations and I'm staying away, but I don't know for how long. <laughs> and, and, and this guy was like, well, I live by one motto in my life, and it's simple. Be the kind of man you want your daughter to marry. And I was like, holy cow, that's powerful. That is absolutely amazing. Of course, we need to be an inspiration, if, if we don't have kids, to the future generations. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that motto kind of encompasses a lot of that completely relate. I, I don't
0: have a daughter, and, and thank God. <laughs> just,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know,
0: the dad from hell checking out potential boyfriends. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I have two boys, and it's very similar to that. You know, it's that, you know, be the kind of guy you want your boys to, you know, grow into, be the kind of yeah. man. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about blockchain and how right. transitioned into that. When did that pop up for you? Tell us about how that was it. Was you one of the early adopters, or tell us about? how you found that and then we we'll are dig into you know what that all is all about really and why our future is going to depend on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I mean, I first heard about it, you know, 6 7 years ago, maybe or so, Bitcoin was getting out and you were hanging out in all these like underground marketing forums and at that time it was being used among, you know, underground traders and then for some weird stuff and then just a bunch of enthusiasts kind of using it. Yeah. Um and then I, you know, Ethereum came out, came out and I was lucky enough to have, <laughs> uh, let me tell you a funny story because I have a, a, a friend from Denmark, right? And he's pretty much like, he comes over to the US, Ethereum's out, it's like, you know, 50 cents or 75 cents to buy it, right? And he's like, dude, you got to sell everything you have, man, <laughs> buy this do it, I guarantee, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, dude, whatever, man, you know, go back to Denmark, have fun, we had a couple of drinks here, had fun, he goes back to Denmark, Ethereum goes up to like five bucks, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should buy a little bit, see what happens, and then, you know, it just keeps going up, 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 when it reaches like 30 bucks, I'm like, shit, so I call my friend in Denmark, and he's like, dude, I sold my mom's house. I sold my own house. <laughs> we're all moving into, you know, me, my girlfriend, my mom, we're moving into a little one-bedroom apartment somewhere. I'm like, you are nuts. He's like, Think I'm about
0: all in and commitment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all in. Like, And he's like, I did this and bought in when it was like two bucks. I'm like, shit, okay. And then, of course, the guy cashes out when it's at like 1200 bucks and now has, you know, a house in the French Riviera, four God. houses in Denmark. Wow. And- I don't know how many cars, you know, so, but it's not only about making money, but it was yeah. just, it's kind of a funny side story that they these super early adopters were like pushing me to, Hey, get in, get in, get in. But I was like, okay, cool. It's fun to make money. It's always fun. But what am I making money on here? What is yeah. this? Yeah. Why is it going up in, in, in value? What the hell is this? So I started digging into it a lot and I, my mind was just blown. I was like, holy shit, this is 1995 all over again when the internet everybody's like oh shit something big is happening we're not quite sure what but something big is happening because i can connect my computer and, and and shop stuff and look at naked chicks and <laughs> oh, do all kinds of crazy thing, you know <laughs> and it's like oh that's the same kind of revelation i have with, with especially ethereum i was like Gee, you know, like smart contracts blockchain immutable transparency i was like holy cow this is going to change the world. And then, of course, you seek out other like-minded individuals and you kind of get into it.
0: Blimey. So when you decide you wanted to get into it, you kind of like blew your mind. What was your, apart from sort of investing a little bit yourself, what was your kind of other approach to it? Because I know you don't just invest yourself. You've got, you know, you've got your own company. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and what you, and I suppose, ship chain. What exactly do you yeah. do? And What's coming up for that and the industry in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, with ShipChain, we're, we're looking at the transport and logistics industry. Mm-hmm. And because it's one of, the, one of the oldest industries on this planet, right? You always have had to move stuff around. Also, one of the biggest industries on this planet. What a lot of people don't realize is it's, it's more than $10 trillion in market cap. I mean, that's, that's $10,000 billion. It's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. It accounts for about 10% of the U.S. GDP. I mean, these are massive numbers. So, it's also one of the most archaic industries, right? It's it's highly fragmented. There is no unified tracking and tracing system, for example, across the supply chain, which is kind of baffling because you're moving gazillions of worth of goods, you know, uh, and then if you're moving something, especially from, let's say from, from Asia to whatever, China to Detroit, wherever, right? Uh, or Europe, whatever, and, it usually, uh, we're looking at containers and pallets now, right? It usually goes to anywhere between three, four, five, up to, I've heard up to 14, 15 different tracking systems, which wow. enables one, a bunch of brokers to add massive amounts of fees in between yeah. uh, so that your margins get slimmer and you got to increase the cost to the end consumer, et cetera. Now, number two is also, of course, there's no transparency and no accountability because just in the U S more than $30 billion worth of theft is reported every year. Now, this is a low number because not everybody reports their theft because they don't want to hurt their integrity, right? I mean, we're talking massive numbers here. So what ShipChain does is we're building an ecosystem that kind of integrates all the players in the supply chain from origin to end or farm to table, whatever you want to call it, um, in a safe secure and transparent environment that's what we do a unified tracking and tracing system from point a to b uh, and everything in between mm-hmm. you know, it makes complete sense i want to talk about obviously
0: it's such a clear idea and it sounds you know very useful and needed mm-hmm. about you know a 30 million raise in a week and because that's what it's got in your bio and obviously that definitely you know, catches attention. But tell us about mm-hmm. that period and when you have this kind of idea and bringing this together as an entrepreneur and getting people to listen to you and and you know raise that kind of money.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the money was raised in a, in about a week. But I always tell people the overnight success of it was that for nine months, you know, the whole team worked for free, eighty to hundred hour weeks. I took a massive paycheck cut to focus on building, so did all of us to focus on building this project. So it wasn't like, hey, let's raise money next week and let's just yeah, let's do, this, go this, and right? do this. Let's go for it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, and we poured in a ton of our own money yeah. just to get this started. So it was a high, high risk kind of venture. But here's the thing. We started talking about it, me and John and, and, and our CEO and Brian, our CMO, who's also my business partner of 10 years, you know, building agencies and doing big branding campaigns, et cetera had our little crypto chat, right? And John also owns one of the biggest fulfillment centers in the South here in, in the U.S. And he was, we've we've done business with him before with all the the major clients we've had. And, and you know, he's handled all the, the send outs and the fulfillment for it. Um, so what happened was that he was one night complaining about uh, or kind of venting about all the the problems he sees every day, right? And we've experienced that. We've had delays. We've had shit stolen. We've had like you know, re- realized that there were a lot of problems and we were all like, wait a second, we're all talking about crypto in this chat and blockchain, but this is this is the perfect application for blockchain. It was even mentioned in Vitalik's original white paper for Ethereum that he, he meant to go in and disrupt the, the transfer and logistics industry. And also being disruptors, wherever we can go into an old trillion-dollar industry and stick it to the man, of course, that's where we want to be, right? But, <laughs> but so, so that's what happened. And then we put together, this is the most important thing to anyone, this is for your audience, for anyone who wants to build a successful company, anybody who wants to raise money, anybody who wants to get to the next level, yeah. uh, even of being alpha, teamwork. Mm-hmm. We put together a stellar team. The stars just aligned, man. I've never worked... I've worked with a lot of great teams in my life. Yeah. But this is stellar. The The team here is absolutely amazing. And they all contributed. You know, they all believed in it. I think, of course, it's always good to have a sales background being able to kind of persuade people and pull them into your dream, right? But, but in the end, you got to have something realistic as well. Mm-hmm. And we had people join. I mean, we had... Roger Crook is the, the former uh, CEO of DHL, Global Forwarding, joined in, right? We have Al Patanera, who's one of the vice presidents of XPO, the largest carrier in the US. We're talking double digit, you know, billion dollars of revenue. We got, you know, all, we got David McCarville, who's, who's he used to do all the uh, nuclear waste transportation for the Department of Energy. I mean, we got guys from Thomson Reuters. We got guys from Amgen. We got, you know, all these people we pulled in because we had a good idea, you know, brag, brag, but we did. And then we, again, we had a team and a belief in that it would work. So that's, that's what, how it came together, man. And then, you know, a ton of our own money poured in because all the legal help that we got to set this up. Uh, You know, I think we had six or seven different law firms looking at it because it's a new area, right? Nobody Nobody really knows how it works or how it's going to play out as we've seen in, in the news with, you know, uh, regulators and, and kind of government being like, oh, you know, don't really know where we are, but we got to figure it out.
0: How long would you say this, this your company ship chain, how long has it been like officially a company and up and running or, you know, what's the sort of timelines on that?
1: I would say since uh, April or May last year. Okay. You, you mentioned
0: some of the, the challenges there. I mm-hmm. Within all this... This you know, which sounds all great. What would you say, and it could be specifically to, to do with ShipChain, was one of your biggest failures or challenges that you had um, to overcome? Or it, 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 maybe you have one you know, beautiful shocker from your past where it all just hit the fan and you just thought, this is a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, and you had to deal with it.
1: Good question. I don't feel like that has really happened with chain. Yeah, I feel that we are entering, again, this industry that is slightly reluctant to new technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've had, I mean, I've had fantastic meetings with some of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, some of them are are slightly reluctant, but they still want to hear what it's about. Some of them are super positive. But hey, man. I'm an entrepreneur. I believe in, in making mistakes and learning from them. I've made a lot of mistakes, lost a lot of money in my past uh, on on you know bad business ideas and ventures. Uh, also made good money because uh, I've had successes because I learned what not to do. You see what I mean? And yeah. and and I would al- I always say when people ask me, well, what's the biggest takeaway from all your mistakes? And you know, if I want to start a company or scale my company, I always give them the same answer. One always have a lawyer on your team don't do anything without <laughs> airtight contracts yeah. to get a really good accountant that knows how to you know fidget with the numbers in legal ways of course
0: yeah. i think that's a that's a really good point because is it seems to make they generally um, they make their taxes off people um, usually who are you know not earning a huge amount but then they don't take yep. the time to you know like you say getting a top accountant or just know the loopholes and uh, oh yeah people who are earning a lot of money they generally don't seem to be paying a lot of tax
1: yep uh, exactly yeah yeah it's not how much you make it's how much you keep definitely. exactly exactly that's very important yes. you know so that's i always tell people that that's just that's you gotta have that i've lost so many money uh, i mean many so so much money uh the swede came out there but uh so much money and 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 just had a lot of headaches because I didn't have contracts or the contracts weren't airtight or you see what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, you got to have that. This is a contract based country. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just got to adapt to it, you know, get everything on paper, everything, you know, don't leave anything to, Oh, we'll figure it out. No, 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 no. Best to figure it out before it all hits
0: the fan. Cause then
1: yeah. Now ideas. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Smooth sailing. Yeah. Just get it. Yeah. Stipulated now this is what you will get this is what i will get nothing more nothing less
0: and when it comes to blockchain um mm-hmm. how is this going to affect you know our businesses people's businesses in general i know this is mm-hmm. something you you know you know quite a bit about
1: <laughs> yeah i mean blockchain is, is so hyped right now right so we have to realize that it's almost being sold as uh, i always make the joke that you know hey you could lose weight with blockchain now you know <laughs> but 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 you can't really it's not the one and only solution to everything but here's what's going to happen we are now entering the fourth industrial revolution right we have the first the first one was um steam and trade associations completely changed the world as we know it second one of course was electricity mass production completely changed the world as we know it right Third one, of course, e-commerce, internet. Wow, massive change, holy cow. Now we're entering the fourth, which is blockchain, IoT, and AI. Uh, If you're looking at transport logistics, I would maybe include machine learning and, and robotics or automation as well, right? But blockchain, IoT, and AI is gonna change the world as we know it. Blockchain specifically, because it leads it allows for disintermediation okay we we can get rid of a bunch of third parties that we don't need anymore uh we can operate in a in a decentralized super secure and transparent environment which is needed because If you want me to explain here, I'll explain real quick how how blockchain works. If we look at fintech, for example, right? Because that's a sector that's going to be massively disrupted. We're talking banks, insurance, brokers, massively. They're going to have to redefine their business plans right now Mm -hmm. or they're going to go away because companies that don't adapt we've all seen what happens to them right let's look 10 years back where's where's borders where's blockbuster where's sears where's toys r us where's myspace where's alta vista they're all gone and these are conglomerates that people thought were going to be around forever they're gone and real quick too because they didn't adapt so in in a traditional sense this is let's go i mean blockchain can do so much more it can you know it can um, host contracts and digital IDs and, and uh, you know, executable code and, and all that stuff. But if we go back to the basic basics of uh, financial transaction, right? Yeah. In a traditional world, you have a ledger, right? Credits and debits. There's a ledger. The ledger's owned by someone, usually an organization, right? Bank, whatever. Uh, then they assign an administrator to that ledger. Now that administrator can do whatever the hell he or she wants without your consent. We've seen it a lot of times. Hey, Wells Fargo, just open up millions of fake accounts for, for, for people, right? We've seen banks do all kinds of weird shit with, with cartel money, you know, market manipulation, currency manipulation, whatever you, you know, uh, so they can do whatever the hell they want. You know, they don't need to tell you, you don't need to know about it. You can't necessarily see it either in a blockchain world. There is a shared distributed ledger that everybody has a copy of because it's in the blockchain, right? Yeah. Everybody has a copy and it cannot be updated without the general consensus of the network. Because what happens is, what happens before blockchain and and the big problem we had with e-currency was that I would be like, hey, I have a hundred bucks on my computer right? And I'm going to say, hey, Adam, I'm going to send you 100 bucks because that's what I have on my computer. So I send you 100 bucks, the file with 100 bucks, but hey, I'm keeping a copy on my computer, you know, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the so-called double spend problem, right? Because nobody's there to check or verify. We're not going through a bank because of course the bank's going to say, well, I'm going to take the money from your account and post it to his. Um, What happens in a blockchain is that that's not going to happen because first of all, it needs to verify that, Oh, you are Sam and you own and have access to this digital wallet. All right. Now you want to make a transaction. So the whole network is going to help us make this super cryptographic, super advanced, you know, algorithmic calculation and verification of uh, to make sure that you have the, the, the means to send what, and to whoever you want to send. And once all that is verified now, They take the money and and the the transaction gets posted. you see what I mean? So I can't say that, no, no, I still have a hundred bucks. No, dude. The network already consented that you sent your hundred bucks to
0: Adam. Yeah. You
1: see what I mean? So it's
0: really, really, I think it's really useful to explain it to this, you know, this, this sort of terms. This is brilliant.
1: Yeah. I mean, so if you look at the use cases for blockchain, not only in transport and logistics where you can verify, you see, you have a single source of truth on the blockchain. There's always one source of truth, one document for example, if we're looking at a bill of lading or a purchase order or whatever, yeah. it lives on the blockchain. Every single edit to it is auditable all the way back to the single source of original truth by everybody who needs to be able to, who has the, key, the, you know, the public and the private keys to go in and audit it. It doesn't mean that the whole world can see everything you're doing because it's encrypted, right? Because of that, we can now store, for example, digital IDs. There's a super cool uh, project that uh, it's called ID2020, right? There's about 2 billion people on this planet with no record of their existence, which means they can't get government help. They can't get financial help. They can't get bank accounts, driver licenses, houses, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Now... I know what ID 2020, and I'm not affiliated with them in any way, shape, or form uh, yet. I'd love to be, uh, in case you're listening. But, uh, but no, but, but what they're doing is they're providing people with a digital ID that lives on the blockchain. There's a million use cases wow. for that. I could go on rants for an hour, but I won't. But it's, it's just, that's how it's changing the world, man. You got that decentralization, power back to the people and and the single source of truth kind of thing
0: this might be you know you might have answered it partially there but i know one of the sort of your talking points and your information is about how initial coin offerings are changing the landscape is that linked to what you're just talking about in any way shape or form
1: right so icos is a sort of crowdfunding by issuing a token so this is huge for entrepreneurs because one it means that you can Fundraise from the masses, right? Yeah. Uh, people can give you five bucks each, but if you have a million people giving you five bucks, now you have five million, uh, which is of course powerful. You don't have to whine and dime for six months up in Silicon Valley to get your two hundred fifty k, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, what it does is that you're no longer giving up equity in your company you're selling a token that you're issuing. Now, there are two kinds of tokens. There's security tokens and there's utility tokens. A security token would be something where you're offering uh, a sale and you're kind of promising an ROI in some way. There's a market for it. You have an exchange on your website, whatever it is. You got staking, (coughs) staking and rewards going on. There's anything that's like a regular security, like you buy stock because you want to make money off of it. Right? And there's the utility token. A utility token is intended for use on only the platform it's developed for, usually in the ecosystem it's developed for. So if you look at, for example, a perfect example, a ship token, right? Mm-hmm. You, our token can only be used in the ecosystem we're building. You will never be able to go into Macy's and buy a, you know a nice set of lingerie for ship token, because the ship token only lives on the ship, uh, on, on the ship chain platform. That's mm-hmm. it. You see what I mean? Yeah. And there are a, a, a ton of others. There's thousands of tokens out now, right? But So that's the main difference. With a utility token, you're not promised a return. Usually what happens is you're buying it or pre-purchasing it for use on the platform.
0: Begin to wrap this up. So I want to yeah. start that off with alpha <laughs> round. Is there a particular quote that you like to live your life by or just one of your favorite quotes?
1: My, my main life quote is, is, is that I, I told you in the beginning. It's if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're, you're in the wrong room get the hell out. And that an, another one I love also is, is, is whether you think you can or can't, you're right.
0: I think that's Henry Ford.
1: <laughs> All about mindset, man. If you say you can't, then you're right. You can't. But if you think you can, then go for it, man.
0: Is there a one of your particular impactful books over your journey or, and or, so we could have a couple here, a book that you recommend or... Um, you gift to people.
1: You know, I'm gonna go super, super cliche here, and I have a reason for it because two of the books I always recommend people are *Think and Grow Rich* by Napoleon Hill.
0: The uh, over, so over 300 interviews, and
1: obviously yep.
0: recommendations I get, you know, two to three per episode, and the number one most recommended book by, it doubled the second place was *Think and Grow Rich* by Napoleon Hill.
1: So that's yeah, awesome. and then *The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People*. Oh. By stephen narko here's here 's why mm-hmm. think and grow rich teaches you the mindset of how to think and grow rich now remember rich doesn 't always mean making a lot of money to people. some people think they 're rich when they have a lot of time with their family. Some people think you know rich and and being wealthy is is having money just to to travel the world and do whatever they want some people can't get enough of money and they want the McLarens and the Lambos and you see what I mean? But it doesn't matter. It teaches you the mindset on how to think and grow rich while the seven habits of highly effective people teaches you how to do it because you can have a plan, you can have a mindset, but if there's no action, nothing's going to happen. Ideas are worthless until you put them in motion, until you execute.
0: Talking about execution. Is there a a particular resource that you use, if not daily, you use it a lot, something whether within your businesses or just within your daily life that keeps you kind of on the straight and narrow and it's just quite useful and you don't think many people use it or know about it in the way you use it?
1: Oh, that's a good question. You know, one of my so-called secrets or whatever you want to call it is uh, visualization, Mm -hmm. meditation and visualization. So what I do is in the mornings, I visualize. I visualize myself uh, for the meetings I booked for the day or the, the, the interviews or whatever it is. I just visualize them going very well. I'm smiling. Everybody's smiling. I'm shaking a lot of hands. Everybody just loves what's going on. It's all positive, 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 because then I walk in with the mindset that, hey, this I've already seen this happen. Yeah. You see what I mean? It's, yeah. it's going to go well and then in the evenings i i meditate and just calm down clear the mind and and get rid of i think i think what a lot of people we live in a very stressful society especially if you're in la or new york or you know there's a lot of pressure financial pressure uh peer pressure on you know uh you got to show all your highlights on instagram and uh, all that crap but but and i know for a fact and i talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and and a lot of them feel a lot of stress some of them are even sick from all this stress and and they're feeling overwhelmed and, and depressed even you would be you would be surprised over how many of these you know Instagram stars with their big smiles and super snappy happy locations are extremely depressed individuals that you know would never talk to you about it publicly when when you talk to them as a friend behind the camera it's just like holy cow you're you're way beyond like you you need help kind of depressed but what I think about you know, meditation, we all go through different cycles in life. I mean, we've all felt depression. We've all felt pressure. We've all felt, and, and then we have all felt all the good stuff as well. But to me, meditation is about, you know, accepting your feelings, acknowledging them, not pushing them down your, 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 your stomach, right? And letting them just live there. Just acknowledging it's okay to be stressed. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay. But what is the solution here? How do I get out of this? Yeah. What are the steps I can take to make this better? If I'm too stressed, overwhelmed, well, what can I delete? I live this, my Bible without, you know, I'm not trying to get into blasphemy here, right? But my, my, my business Bible life or whatever is the 80 20 rule. 20% of your effort should bring 80% of your results. If you're doing something that's not within your 20%, get rid of it now i i run this with my team hardcore is this within your 20 percent? is this where you're most effective it's a no drop it right now love it yeah out of your network and i know obviously talking about your sort of
0: your origins and sort of networking was a huge part of it and from the music business and then building this great team Mm -hmm. who would you recommend would be a great interview for a Awaken Your Alpha.
1: I would have to say Brian Evans, our uh, CMO and our, my longtime business partner. He's, uh, he's a force of nature in himself. And we've built a lot of successful uh, you know, uh, campaigns together and businesses together. And uh, I just think he's uh, you know, he's, he's, he's that very positive guy and he gets shit done.
0: You've mentioned a few times. I don't feel like we've dug into it enough. And it's the sort of stuff I love. You've mentioned <laughs> about mindset. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with sort of the things we've just kind of, it's just come up very organically in the interview. But what do you think are some of the, the, the mindset attributes of either yourself or people who are very successful? or just some, I know you talked about meditation and visualization. Is there anything else that you, you feel like we've left unsaid when it comes to you know, how you've been able to build these businesses or you know, build several million-dollar businesses and
1: how you've been able to, to a certain extent, make it happen for you? You know uh, again, I think a win win mindset is is always because you want every negotiation to be win win i I don't care how you look at like the hardcore negotiators of politics in Hollywood and they'll sell their own mother to make some money and that's That's not the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where it's win win unfortunately, in a lot of situations, the other person is always trying to take advantage of you, right, but I believe in true win win and I believe in just just doing it, man. Even if you're bored, do it. There's a great book, if I may make a third recommendation called The War of Art. Oh Yes, I've got that in my hand. Oh, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I love that
1: book. Yeah, yeah. Breaking Through Resistance. That is. Yes. Yeah, I, oh. yes. And that's where he talks about how to be a, a pro and a pro just does doesn't matter if you don't feel like it you still do it don't let your mood uh, you know either you control your emotions or your emotions control you you make the the you make the decision right because your mind can be a, a very pleasing servant or a horrible master right yeah. so make it your servant <laughs> keeping it professional man just staying on your path
0: a great way to wrap up the show absolutely loved it and what is the best way people can connect with you if they want to find out more and Continue this conversation almost.
1: Oh, I'd, I'd be glad to. I'm, I'm uh, mostly active on Twitter, I would say. It's at uh, Sam Rusani, S-A-M-R-U-S-A-N-I. Uh, ShipChain you can find on shipchain.io, uh, also on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram sometimes. I, you know, I'm not one of those frequent posters. I don't post every day and do all kinds of weird shit. But when I'm out seeing some cool stuff, I usually share it. I'm on Instagram, but it's under Sam six foot nine so sam number six and then ft and number nine so well i'm gonna be the
0: smart one here i'm assuming are you six foot nine
1: <laughs> yes yes i am <laughs> no i just wanted to be it five <laughs> foot nine or something <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm five nine but when i have my heels on i'm six foot oh, nine <laughs> i'm
0: gonna say the obviously I have, did you play basketball growing up
1: <laughs> yeah i did yes i did yeah, yeah what
0: position did you play
1: uh usually uh you know it's forward usually but also remember this was in sweden and nobody gives a shit about basketball in sweden (laughs) Exactly. yeah (laughs) similar to england
0: but i i love i love basketball yeah
1: yeah yeah same here but it was like oh you're gonna become a pro no all the pro players still have nine to five jobs like i don't want to do that well it's been an
0: absolute pleasure so much for taking the time today
1: yeah thank you for taking the time i I really enjoyed the conversation thank you
0: the awaken your alpha podcast Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really do appreciate it. And I know time is the most important asset we have. Head over to Awaken Your Alpha with ALW, the Facebook group, and get on the inside. Join the conversation. And please do support the show so I can continue to bring you the best in the world and share with you the struggles as well as the highs. Head over to ayalpha.com to get any goodies that are going on the website at the time and join the conversation. If you can share this on or recommend it to your friends, this is the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies for us all to thrive as men. I'll see you next time. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This show was sponsored by Assistagram.us, personal Instagram management, growth, and branding. Please do go and check that out. I'll be updating you with how the collaboration, how the partnership goes over the coming weeks and months. If you've got any questions, please do ask me. We'll go direct to Zach and the team.